From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and Skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, I always like to tell you if you're a first-time listener, so if you happen to be stopping by for the first time, uh, thanks for coming. Be sure to check out stormfrontfreaks.com to access our library of all of our previous shows and famous guests from the weather industry, like TV meteorologist uh, Jim Cantori and James Spann. Uh, but tonight, this is episode 80. It's the big eight zero, yeah. And we are excited to be joined by our two-time guest now. Uh, it's Oklahoma TV legend Gary England is with us tonight. So thanks for coming back, Gary. Yeah. Um, we're also going to have fun playing our lightning round game show. And don't miss our exclusive tornado talk and tracker check segment. <laughs> tracker check? It's, the tr- it's not tracker check. It's tracker chat segment. Tracker jack. <laughs> it could be that too. Drinking. It could be that. Uh, as well, hey, as well as our fan favorite. You guys gotta stick around for our hashtag weather fools. Uh, but before we get to all of that, uh, we always like to introduce our co-hosts. Uh, so you put a, 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 a name to the voice and find out what they're drinking. It's always happy hour here. So we're gonna start off with MJ. MJ pony up to the bar. What are you drinking tonight? I've gone to my old standby Captain and Coke tonight. Oh, all right. The big cup again. All glass. glass. Everybody's going to be drunk before the show is over. (laughs) That's good. We'll Uh, take it. Uh, uh, Maz, what are you you drinking tonight? I'm back to the uh, Guinness Extra Stout. And I'm already sweating. I'm like, the air conditioning out. I'm like, wow. It's it's the bright lights. Bright lights. Dina, (laughs) Dina, what are you drinking tonight? Welcome back. Good old fashioned. American Budweiser. Yeah. Yeah. America. Yeah. America. America beer. That's good. Hey, hey, Gary, I'll ask you. You, did, you should probably want to be drinking something, I'd imagine, right now. Are you drinking anything? I've got a little bit of a, you know, whiskey and, and uh, sour milk. No. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love Merlot. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Gary, we're going to do this. I'm going to let Dina give you a, a nice formal introduction. Go ahead, Dina. All right, Gary England, former chief meteorologist at KWTV News 9 in Oklahoma City, a former guest on episode 32, and it's episode 80 now, the Oklahoma weather icon. Gary England is a recipient of numerous awards and honors, including three Emmys. Gary England is Oklahoma's top-rated television meteorologist. He's an internationally recognized authority in severe weather and holds the distinction of being the person who implemented with Enterprise Electronics, the world's first commercial Doppler radar. Nice. Whew, and when Gary's here, I get so excited because I feel like I should have one of those big hats like you have at the football game with the big yeah. foam finger that's like, Gary! Well, you can have those like the, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks have. Looks like a hog and oinks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, hey, Gary's here. What's up, Gary? <laughs> What's going on? You know, uh, I was doing that, then I left and went down to OU for a bit. Got to work at OU for three three years. Really? Four years, yeah, and uh, put it together to, uh, tornado and safety of uh, visuals and tapes and did a lot of fantastic did stuff on 
any type of weather you can imagine, hurricanes and such. And it's pretty good stuff. It's still on there. But did that, I guess, four years, maybe four years. And my granddaughter graduated. She graduated and I quit. Wow. So, so finally, I'm retired. Oh, good for you, though. What did right. she graduate with? Uh, her, her, her son and brother. No, 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 no. What, what degree? <laughs> it's, it's in uh, public relations. Uh, Man, you got me on that one. <laughs> well, Gary, do this, because we talked a little bit about this last night. So so you, you still have your foot in severe weather yeah. in, in Oklahoma City area. How, how are you doing that? How are you involved? Tell, tell our listeners uh, how you're getting well, in on social media and everything. Part of it, I only, I only deal with right here in the metro, Oklahoma City metro. The state is too big to deal, you know, and uh, there's no time. You just don't, you can't do it all. But uh, you know, I go on Facebook and Twitter, and anytime, anytime there's a storm that blows up, it looks severe, going severe, and develops mesocyclone. Then I'll start sending messages out uh, on on Facebook and Twitter, and where it is and where it's going, and in a very calm, you know, it's north of 122nd and west of, of Council Road, whatever. Give them a little box of where it is, that type of thing. And uh, one thing I sent out the other day was just kind of an update. They got 150,000 views. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's a good good bunch of people out there. And it's all the ones that depend on me all these years. And, you know, I, I don't have time to do all of it, but it's great fun. They seem to appreciate it. And so I guess I'll keep doing it a little bit. But it's, I don't use the camera and all that. You can see I can never be able to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what kind of information are you sharing with them? Are, are you showing pictures of anything? No. Are you, are, okay. And what, how are you finding this out? Are you jumping on your radar or what are you looking yeah, at? Yeah, you know, I'm, ta I'm tapped into everything. You are, so I know, okay. I know what's going on, where it is. And the weather service here is really, really good at passing out good information. So I tell them basically what people want to know about a storm. Where is it? You know, how bad is it? When is it going to get to my house? And what's it going to do to me? That's really what they want. But, you know, everybody gets kind of carried away down, you know, nowadays, not all, everybody, but some. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of wild and crazy, but I just try to tell them where it is, how strong is it, what time it's going to get to their house, and what it might do to them. And uh, it seems to take care of a lot of people. At, at your level, Gary, did the Weather Service give you their old next rad to put on the roof there? Or? <laughs> well, we're close, but not that close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I use the service, various services for, for the radar. And I've got uh, that one from Norman. It's pretty darn good, that storm scope. And so, you know, i got lots of stuff. Uh, actually, i got almost everything they had at Channel 9, which really is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So it's, Well, it's, yeah, it's got to be amazing what, what now, right now, today, the general public, what we have access to yeah. with all the models and radar and everything else that – you know, back in the day, didn't even have access to some of that stuff yourself. Well, that's that's a station, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, nowadays I can be out playing golf and people will say, uh, you know, one body, somebody will ask, is it going to rain tomorrow? And before I can even open my, out, my mouth, they all pull out their phones and look at it. So you really don't need a meteorologist that forecasts the weather every day. Everybody's got it in their pocket. Mm -hmm. the warnings are a little bit hesitant to go ahead and definitely use that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, in Oklahoma, at least, everybody, everybody's an expert in weather. I bet you have to be. You I mean, you, be, right? at least you have to know who you want to go to and who you want to listen to. Yeah. And, and this, too, they here they have started taking responsibility for themselves instead mm -hmm. of depending on someone else to take care of. Them. But they have a lot of sources. You know, the Weather Service is sending out a lot of stuff to TV stations. 
And then there's two or three people in town here do use uh, the internet to broadcast, they have broadcast studios, and they do a darn good job. And mine is a little bit different. I just send them out some text messages, and, and that's about it. I'm afraid if I do much more than I expect to do it every time, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably not going to happen. The more but you it, do, the more they want. Pardon me? The more you do, the more they're going to want. That's, that's right. The more I do for my wife, the more she wants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. You know, so, it's, it's great to be able to sit here at home and see a TVS pop up or whatever. You know, I get them as fast or faster than I got them at Channel 9. And it's just it's amazing. If I had all this stuff when I was in television, mm-hmm. I would have really been good, you know? <laughs> have you noticed now, like, all the drone footage of tornadoes, yeah. how incredible they look? Isn't that wonderful? Yes. I think in 2013, when I went, one of the things I did at OU, I participated in our drone meetings, and I spoke to the International Drone Conference there. And, uh, you know, he's all these PhDs, and some are kind of weird, man. One came great guys I, I one of my first meetings i'm looking out the window before it starts and i see this guy this dude real tall skinny dude white hair in the air and the wind's blowing about 30 and he's carrying a drone that's bigger than him and he just is staggering through that i thought he's probably coming here and i was right he did but yeah so i went to all those meetings i knew what was coming you know even though they had problems they were problems at that time you had to have a pilot you had to do all those things he would sight. but uh i went told my boss at channel nine i said listen let me tell you what's coming. Let's see. Drones. I said, no, they're not. Oh, said, really? I have an attorney in Washington, and he tells me blah, 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 blah. I said, but he's wrong. Yeah. That's probably the future of storm chasing. It's just going to be drones. And, and that'll be chaser convergence on a different level. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. We'll be having little airplane crashes together. Right. Yeah. Along with the drones. It's amazing. The video is absolutely fantastic. It lets you see things you couldn't ordinarily see. And then we just need to get a few more drones out when the when the tornadoes are going by. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the video is so good, it's so great. It's well, revolution. T- tell me about this, Gary. So, so when back when you were at the station, what do you remember? What year it was? You guys started um, having storm chasers out in the field sending you whether it was video maybe it was just on the phone initially but w- when did that start that stations well, were using chasers well we did that ever since i went there 1972 really yeah really? wow and okay we, we, you know we used we stationed employees photographers yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd give them a camera and go out there and, and go out and take a camera with you and go get some video <laughs> we, sent the, we sent the marketing department all that stuff because oh, wow. the radars and it was great because you know all the news people, and in about 1990, and in that meeting time, we got uh, you know, remote trucks, sent them out chasing the storm. That was a long time ago. We had a we had a huge uh, satellite uh, dish on an 18 wheeler. It's big sucker. We called it the death wagon because you got on a narrow road, you couldn't turn around. The death <laughs> so wagon. It wasn't a thing. But we had those. But when really the storm chasing started. A guy came to me, Val Castro came to me, and he said, can I, can I get, I, he wanted to be a storm chaser. And I tried that, and they wouldn't hire him. Said, no, we don't want to do that. That won't ever happen. So <laughs> I, got hired, I got him hired as a station cameraman, floor cameraman. And then the first storm came along, that was in 1991. Next storm came along, gave him the camera and a, and a cell phone, what it was, and off he went. And he got his first video, and that's how it kind of started. Was that live video at the time? No, it wasn't live. Okay. But what, what we had developed very quickly, very, very soon, I don't remember the years, 
but we took an old uh, security system out of Aust Australia that took high resolution black and whites, you know, about every three seconds. And they converted that over to where you work at the television station. So we had that for quite some time, a few years. And they, they got great shots. It was like people had never seen before. And then we started working on the color end of it when the, when the telephone thing came along. Don't remember the year, but it was a long time ago. But uh, after 91, all that started just growing one thing after another in the, the color video and then the, the live trucks and the live shooting from the guys. And nowadays, it's just phenomenal the equipment they have. You know, they can shoot from anywhere, anytime, any place, and and so. But that started a long time ago. And what what was the benefit? Well, I mean, what 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 did you see as the benefit being able to access that? Whether you had them initially on the phone, calling in live, or, or once yeah. you started getting video, either video or or just a person. Phone reports were very good because the radars were okay, but they weren't great in those days, mm -hmm. and uh, it was really a confirmation. We had a guy actually there saying, yeah, there's a tornado. In the past, we'd say, there's a tornado indicated by radar. We think this is where it's at. Yeah. But getting people out there, and people liked it. And uh, it's it's kind of got a little bit overblown now. There's so many people, it's almost it is dangerous out there. Mm -hmm. But the benefit was you, you got somebody in the field who's kind of an authority. And they say, yeah, there it is, baby, there it is. And the public loved it. From all that to like 4K drones, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. God, oh, fuck. Can I have a beer? <laughs> <laughs> no drinking and flying. Yeah, no drinking and flying. Got that. So, the, so what do you remember then? Like the the first time? Do you remember the first tornado that you guys broadcast live on TV? Like, was that a memorable moment for you to go, "Wow, there, there, it really is. Here it is, yeah. folks." And you were yeah. telling people about it? Yep, it's 1981. And it was okay. a station helicopter. We had one of those little choppers kind of goes, chur, 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 chur. it was small. <laughs> had, had the pilot and had a photographer and a reporter on that thing. And uh, they went out west. We had a report of a tornado near a town in western Oklahoma. And uh, it, there wasn't even a thunderstorm there. I thought, my God, our right, radar's broken because this guy, we called out and we didn't call but finally this guy called in. And he said, Gary, that guy, that tornado you're saying is at Cordell is actually in my, my back 100, 160 yards out, uh, acres out here. And it was in his, basically it was in his field behind his house. So whoever called it in was in the wrong place. And uh, we finally figured out where it was and uh, we sent the helicopter out there for the first time. And, and the video was like this. And they flew out there and it's a big old LP, man. God, it was beautiful. Huh. You see the whole thing twisting. You can see the wall cloud. See the funnel like this. Hell, they didn't know. Excuse my language. They just blew that thing right in there, and they got caught in the uh, inflow. Oh, oh, man. oh no! That little chopper couldn't handle it. They laid. I talked to pilot later. He said what he did. He flew. They got good video though. <laughs> <laughs> protect the video. Protect the video. They turned that little chopper on the side and pulled out onto the left. And he said, he said, probably another three or four seconds they've been gone. They'd been in the tornado. Oh, jeez. And, uh, and then coming back, he had to land on the interstate twice because of the weather. But anyway, that was the first time. I yeah, think it was the change pants. That was the day of the pants, yeah. That was the day of the Binger tornado. F4. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was just a hog, man. Wow. So that was the first time. Then it all kind of progressed. And we sent the helicopter a lot, but bad like that. And then we finally got cameras up there that shook too. But, uh, most of it I have notes on, but uh, it was quite a trip. At the time, we didn't really know we were doing some good things. Hmm. 
So I'm, I'm seeing in the background the uh, Twister uh, poster back there. So when you were doing the movie and you were talking on air about the tornado, were you like channeling a previous tornado warning or what were you visualizing? What were you even thinking about when you were doing that? When I was doing it on the, the live stuff there. Yeah. Uh, and I did some live voice, which we recorded. We tried to record the warning stuff, got everybody in position and we practiced, tried uh, all Sunday afternoon to the Sunday night, and it didn't really work. But Kat, Kathleen Kennedy, who did Schindler's List, she was in charge of that movie, and she said, "I really like that video you have." He said, "You can't." She said, "You can't beat the real thing." Yeah. So that was from that was from I forgot what year that was from. I think nineteen eighty one also. Hmm. Okay. And uh, wow. so that's where that came from, and uh, it, it was it was quite a, quite a trip. That had to be amazing. I love hearing your stories, especially yeah. about how like weather has evolved over the years. I mean, you've been in it 40 years. Yeah. I guess, you know, I think I might have asked you this in the past, but like what's the, probably the number one thing you could tell somebody and how to last in this business? That's a tough well, one. Yeah. I know. Formaldehyde, right? <laughs> right. Anybody in there that's on television? Ass kissing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, and I believe this. All people in television get fired eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell guys when I hired them, I said, now, man, if it's going to love you as long as you're doing a good job and, and you're going to think they're your friends. Well, they're not. They're going to use you until you don't look good or whatever. And they're going to get rid of you. That's that happens all the time everywhere. So how do you how do you maintain it? I think what helped me maintain it was having some really good people around me. One was Jerry Dalrymple. who worked with me hand in hand. And you know, some great meteorologists, some really bad meteorologists, too, but some good ones. And we started building that core of uh, storm chasers. People really got depending on that. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing we did was just we provided great forecasts and great storm forecasting. And it was consistent. There's more than once I flew home from California, my daughter's house, because it was going to storm in Oklahoma. I had to come back. I would mm -hmm. never be away. I was there for every storm. So that was part of it. The other part is, you know, when you look at the camera, be friendly. And when you nod your head, you want all of them at home going, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. so you've got to be warm and friendly. you got to get every information. But a guy put it to me when I first went to Channel 9. He said, Gary, meteorology is this way. He said, picture a fence. And you're out there walking on this wooden fence. And he said, on one side is all meteorology. The other side is all fun and laughter. He said, you fall over either side, you lose. Mm -hmm. He said, you have to balance and you have to be warm and all that stuff. But we also did a show called Those Terrible Twisters. Uh, we did, I don't know, did it for 20 years, and we had as many as 15,000 come to those shows. And that started way back. And we held them, we held them it in was a uh, live audience, like a studio oh, audience. Like, oh, you bet. We wouldn't do it. Oh, wow. You know, we were, wow. They were live. Uh, yeah, but if we went to uh, Lindsay, Oklahoma, where they could hold 2,500, that's about what would show up. And uh, and it was it was well produced. You can imagine <clears throat> faces full, people are excited, and you hear the helicopter. Bom, 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 bom. On a good night, when they could, they'd come right over the place, almost right, vibrate the roof, and they'd land, and a spotlight would come on the helicopter out there, and Roger Cooper would get out of the helicopter, walk out, and open the other door, and Patty Suarez put her leg out and was high heels, and she just, <laughs> darling, God, darling, and she would just walk in there, and the place was going nuts by then. So that was part of the entry, and then we ran a song, for example, I'm going too long on this. But uh, we had a song ran that was called The Best. You, can, you still hear it in some commercials. God, it was great. 
and the, the drums are beating. We had great sound systems. And the screen was like 30 feet across. Oh, my God. Wow. And we were cheering and going on, but we were making friends. We were talking to all our future uh, future our current viewers and, and future viewers. And we visited all the schools. If we went to have it at, say, at Enid, Oklahoma, went to all the elementary schools that morning and gave them awards for the top students and told them to go home and say, you make sure your parents come to this thing tonight. Right. So nice. Crowds, man. There was a lot of psychology in everything we did. Uh-huh. The, the Terrible Twisters thing was big, 20 years. But then, you know, then tornado pictures were everywhere. Yeah. And uh, but what we let me say what we do, that, that Twister show. Come on. Uh, after it's been introduction and tell you know the folks you know whatever it is blah 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 we love you we're gonna be here and then you show them some stuff and just scare the pants right off of <laughs> and after you did that you'd come back and say tell them about safety precautions have a little fun a few jokes so the, sh- the whole show is like a really rough and tumble video and having fun safety precautions and the, and the whole show was like that mm-hmm. and it worked really really well and uh, people come up to me now I, you can't. I came your your show back there in 1998 or something like that. <laughs> Crazy. They went and they loved it. That worked. Uh, what else worked was uh, I. I didn't like news directors too well. <laughs> Sorry, did I Anybody? laugh out loud? <laughs> You're a fan, don't you? Uh, but you know, I, they always. Uh, I always felt like I had better judgment than they did. And there's some really good news directors and some really bad ones. But I, you know, at some point. X number of years ago, quite a few, I just told the boss, I said, you know what? I'm not going to sign another contract where I have to work for a news director. Mm-hmm. So oh. they, they, and they, they own department. Uh, I was in charge of all weather at the station, whether it was a show or whether it was a tornado warnings. I decided when we went on there, when we closed off, all that stuff. And they gave me a little too much power, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And because uh, I really did what I wanted to. And and so there was some conflicts along those there, but it was just, it was, it was so I got, like I said, I was, I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work anymore doing this. So they, they gave me a new title and stuff. And so I was in that position for X number of years. So I think that combination of things, and let me tell you also, uh, I think my last year at Channel 9, 2013, when I was active, I went to like uh, 30 some or 38 uh, uh, schools and clubs. And mm-hmm. every, a lot of times I'd go to a, a school of the morning i'd go to some kind of adults meeting at noon then i go back maybe a parents deal or what sometimes i do three of those a day because i knew they'd all grow up and have my and watch my tv so it was a lot of that i was constant out there man constant 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 constant. you had to be out with folks it's made a difference Mm -hmm. wow very fortunate well hey freaks you've you've heard me talk about the atmosphere weather app um, the makers of Atmosphere Weather, they've, they've actually designed another weather app that's going to make you wonder why no one ever thought of this, which is great. It's called the Drive Weather app. And what it is, it's an easy way of looking at the entire forecast for a road trip or a long commute. It allows drivers to easily and quickly know what the forecast calls for along a route and lets the user change the times to see the changing weather and find the safest yeah, time to leave which is great. Uh, Personally, I love this app, guys. I use this on multiple trips this past winter to figure out uh, when's going to be the best time to leave to avoid most of the snow along my route, uh, which is great. But you can see precipitation, winds, temps, 
radar. It literally takes seconds to see the weather for an entire trip, and it can't be simpler. If, if you've got any summer trips planned uh, on the road, whether you're taking your family somewhere, maybe it's a motorcycle tour, the Drive Weather app will keep you safe with just a few seconds. So learn more and get your free trial at Drive Weather app with two Ps, driveweatherapp.com, and you can download it on iOS and Android. So we're going to take a short break. Go ahead and refill your drink and check out Tracker Chat with the Tornado <laughs> Trackers as they talk about storm chasing etiquette. We'll, uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Hold tight. Welcome to Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. I am Jeremy Heyman, uh, joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Today, we're going to talk about uh, chasing etiquette. So to lead us off, uh, Gabe Cox, what kind of comes to your mind immediately when you think of chasing etiquette when you're out on the road? Yeah, so I think a big one um, that I've had to remind myself um, you know, we're all out there because we want to see this incredible phenomenon, uh, whether it's a, a tornado or, um, you know, even massive hail, a hurricane. We're all out there for the same reason, because there's this, this drive to see this, this really rare, intrinsically beautiful thing, but also a really powerful thing. But I think the hard thing to remember when you're out there and you have a successful chase and you're face to face with this thing that you've always wanted to see is to not act overly exuberant, especially if it's uh, near structures or, you know, with a hurricane, it's obviously you're going to be around buildings that are being damaged with tornadoes. You know, if it's going through a town uh, with hail, you know, it could be killing someone's cattle, which is their or, or crop, which is their source of income. So, you know, keeping in mind the victims of the storm uh, that are around you. We all hope for these things to happen in wide open fields where they're away from people and livestock, but that is not always the case. You know, it's good chaser etiquette amongst the chasing community, but also for the people who are watching us. Yeah, sure. So I'm hearing you say uh, some, some pr the practice of some mindfulness and sensitivity, remembering uh, to check your reaction when, when seeing something magnificent and beautiful. Yes. But, but destructive as well. So yeah. thanks for that, Gabe. Jeff, what jumps out to you as kind of your, your go-to thought when thinking of chasing etiquette? Yeah, I, I think when you come across a significant storm or a tornado, um, there's, there's relief, there's excitement and it's, it's easy to be so focused on the storm itself that there's not really, a mindfulness or consideration to other chasers. And so I think one of the things that kind of takes place is, is not necessarily respecting um, the views, and, and that's not an emotional thing, that's a camera view, but the camera views of other chasers. And so um, it's not parking right in front of another chaser. It's, um, it's being mindful if they're out with their tripod and they're trying to get a time lapse or a particular shot. Um, I, I do think there's, there's a lot of intense emotions when we're, when we're chasing and sometimes um, communication between chasers in those moments aren't always the most calm. 
Uh, I think it's also probably wise to not overreact and um, to try to be as, I guess, understanding as possible that uh, the other chasers drove the same, if not longer distances than you. And so uh, it can feel like, hey, uh, I've driven six, seven hours. I deserve the shot. And, um, but, but being mindful that other chasers have, have given as much time and money and um, their days and their weeks to, to get the same shot. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's good stuff. I, that's kind of the same uh, thread I was thinking through as well of being, being people focused first in my mind. And it's a strange kind of backwards way to think if we're, we're going out trying to take images of large weather events. But uh, I think trying to be people first is always going to be the, the, the safe bet there. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on, on chaser etiquette? Anything this conversation has uh, maybe stirred up? I think along that that same thread of thinking outside your own world, respecting private property, like don't, if a road is posted, no trespassing, don't go down it. Find another option. Be respectful of, of the people who live in the area that you're chasing. Don't drive across their yard or park in their grass. And along that line, um, making sure to pull completely off the road. This is the number one thing that we run into as a team is... Uh, people not pulling completely off the road when they stop. Uh, and it just, it's, it creates a huge hazard. I mean, we've come around the corner sometimes and people are halfway in the, in the lane and it's just super dangerous. So that's something to be mindful of. Yeah. And, and I think along with that, it's, 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 this is all being said on our parts with a clear understanding that these are intense moments. And so um, it's a pretty frustrating feeling to be chasing a tornado or what might become a tornado soon. And you find yourself with very limited road options. I mean, there is an internal anger that starts to erupt. And so um, there are times when you're faced with the only option is if I pull up in this area that says no trespassing or um, I ba- bypass some um, uh, considerations uh, from some homeowners or some land, that is really hard uh, to say no to in those moments because it's easy to look at the map and say, oh, it's only for about a mile. And so to lose a view is unnerving. Um, so I think it's kind of ahead of time just making that a real discipline and uh, and that way you're not caught in the moment. Awesome. Thanks, guys. This has been Tracker Chat, the podcast, uh, side of the podcast. Uh, we have been the tornado trackers and i just realized we've never thanked uh the storm front freaks guys and i feel like a total jerk that we haven't so thanks to those guys for just asking us to be on the show and uh caring about our opinions we're super honored and thankful so yeah uh, this has been tracker chat Uh, we are the tornado trackers and uh, we will catch you next time see ya Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So we're here with legendary Oklahoma meteorologist Gary England. 
And Gary, I've got a question for you. So we've had a lot of recent uh, storms and bad weather, severe weather over the last almost two weeks. It's been across the country. It's kind of been uh, amazing, the tornadoes and severe weather, hail, flooding, all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we continue to see, and we seem to get it more and more often, is when you have TV meteorologists that are coming on to talk about a tornado warning in their, their DMA in their area, and they're getting all these social media uh, tweets and trolls and Facebook and everything saying, hey, put Bachelorette back on, or hey, you just busted into my NBA game, or come on, knock it off. What, what did you have back in the day? Did you have people harassing you for busting in on their TV shows? Yeah. Yeah, they, they were there then, and they're here now. Probably the same ones, or at least their daughters and sisters. <laughs> how, so how, how, like, how, how did they do it? Like, what, what, were they, what were you busting in on that they didn't like? Oh, any of the popular shows. Let me tell you, I busted in on the president one time. I, I didn't care. Ooh. <laughs> they get the authority to do it. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, the way I handled it was uh, I never really said much about it on the air. Because in those days, and really until recently, we answered the phones. We had like six phones. And the people were just calling in. And, and we got a lot of letters later and then you know, emails and such. But I just, I never, I never come back at them because all I knew, it would just stir them up more. But on one night, a guy called me on the phone. And I, exact details on it but he, he he wanted to whip my butt that's, yeah, that's, that's a nice way and i was i was a little tired and i was a little upset i just said listen at about 6 31 i'll be through this early show and i'll be out the back door of the station and i'll be waiting on you the old oh, thing down so time that before that time came i found found the biggest guy in the station to go nice <laughs> is what he looked like so, <laughs> Six thirty-one comes. We walk out the back door, and that dude's out there, and he's picking. <gasps> he, he was took, out there. Oh, he took one look wow. and took off. It was wow. just beautiful. Just uh, beautiful. God. Wow. What is uh, wrong with people? God. But you know, people are gonna get mad about anything. Haters hate. That's their job. But I never did attack them on the air. I was just stirred them up. Yeah, and it I, does. I kind of lost his cool, but I understand. But well, that, 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 that guy in Dayton. Yeah, yeah. I hear about that guy in Dayton. Yeah, I saw his name. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's he, like, I've had it with you people. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Some guy's going to come up and find him in a bar and beat his son. So yeah. You'll yeah. be so careful. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we used to have so many threats, death threats, all kinds of things. Yep. And, and as many, many times, I don't know how many times they send the police home with me, please stay at my house all night. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, crazy stuff. Then I had one employee that went kind of a little wacky. Mm. And uh, well, my name was, but anyway, I went on vacation in California, and my neighbor told me when I got back, he said, "Your weatherman has been in your backyard, and his wife." What? Uh, yeah. What's that about? <laughs> wow. So, uh, so anyway, crazy, crazy stuff. When I got out of my car at home, opened the door, and there was a dude right in my door. Unfortunately, he just wanted to follow me home and talk. But I, uh, so since that time, I've been very aware what's going on yeah that weatherman was that like part of the mile high club only the gary england club or something no. like <laughs> did you join that club no if i hike a mountain <laughs> yeah because i mean think about how scary it is it could be for you and you're a man think about yeah. how these women meteorologists are and some oh. of the stuff they tell the women you know i mean 
it's got, they just got to be so careful because yeah. yeah. there's a lot of bad people out there. And, uh, you know, it's it's tough for the girls, tough for some of the guys, too. And I didn't like it because I didn't get much sleep. So, Gary, I got a question for you. So, yeah. 40 years, that's a long time to be in the business. As you look back, is there anything you're like, man, I wish I would have done this or gone to see that? or I wish I told any- that a-hole off. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy me an automatic shotgun. No, no kit. Wow, nice. Interesting. Fast, you know. Uh, You know what? The way I've looked at it, I mentioned I didn't. My vacation is always interrupted by severe weather. I always came back. Uh, I don't regret that at all because it really, really paid off. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, uh, I don't think I would change anything in my past because it might change everything. Right. You change one thing in your past, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a car, whatever it is, it might disrupt whatever the flow was going to be. So I've liked my life most of the time. So I wouldn't change anything. I didn't mean to turn this into an obituary or anything. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Gary, I've got a, uh, one of our viewers, uh, Danny, uh, Danny Joyce uh, asks about the, the last couple of weeks we've had a very, very active, uh, uh, storm pattern and, and uh, wondering what your thoughts are on that and how that might compare to anything in those 40 years. You know, uh, I, I always try to put a little humor into everything. So part of my answer is uh, every time I saw those tornadoes going across the plains in the mornings, uh, people jumping and all that stuff, you know, I was thinking better them than me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, them handled, I handled all those years. Uh, what was your question? <laughs> and, and any thoughts about the you know how, how active it was and how does that compare to anything uh from you know your time uh, i'm not good looking back at stats but i know what was it when you had the uh, 300 how many people killed 300 people in mm, eastern 20, half of the country mm, yeah the jumbo outbreak yeah was that uh, the, yeah, what, 2011 i don't know i think it was or before, even before that 90 Anyway, something I don't. But anyway, we've had uh, sometimes here in Oklahoma, uh, 115, like 115 tornadoes in a year. We may break that, but it's been broken before. Sure. There haven't been a lot of tornadoes the last couple of years, and these come along. I went to the doctor the other day, and the nurse said, oh, these storms are getting worse. They're dispersed all the time. They're terrible, terrible. They are. I said, they are terrible, but they're probably much, not much different than they had 4,000 years ago. You know? Sure. Uh, <laughs> we don't even know what it can do. But uh, I think it's a incredible outbreak i really think a lot of people were saved by the fact that these the intensities weren't at the top you know a lot of uh, fours few fours sure. two or three fours and a lot of threes and a lot of the ones they caught in oklahoma this year have been almost whirlwinds very small which is good sure. and you know most tornadoes you can survive and a you know ef one two threes four starts getting a little bit questionable if it's a five you better be have a place planned you can go Mm-hmm. But I just think this this outbreak I was very very unusual, but it was just a setup. You got that big trough out to, out to our to our west. I haven't checked the temperatures in those levels at 500 millibar, but I suspect it's a little bit colder than it has been. So warmer on the surface, the colder it gets aloft, more rapid the storms explode. The the Cape, the conductive available potential energy the other day was, what was it 5,000, 5,500? Oh, wow. It's just like putting you know jet fuel in a little tiny go-kart it was just blowing up like crazy it was amazing very unusual they all appeared very large a lot of them were very large but i always cautioned everybody a lot of time a tornado could look large and that doesn't say intensity 
And if you have a lot of moisture in the atmosphere, uh, they may look larger than they really are. But it was it was a it was a wild one, and some somebody will do a report on studying how it compares to the past. Sure. It was a dandy, let me tell you. Sure. Thank you. You ever been, you ever been on the air when uh, there's a tornado coming towards maybe like some relatives of yours and you get kind of preoccupied because you're like, man, I really want to make sure they're watching or somebody give them a call or something like that where you just had that happen? Well, you know, I expect people to watch. They have to they have to have shared responsibility for themselves. Uh, so I never worried about them. I just thought, you know, you guys know you got you can take care of yourself. You stay weather aware, weather aware. Check it. You have a morning. Check your app. Check whatever. Check the forecast. Do the same thing again at night. You do all those things, and you stay weather aware. But you know, we had one come over the station. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't small. Uh, if it came, it came to the southwest. Dopper on wheels in Oklahoma City was on 63rd Street. We're basically on the north of 63rd Street. And we were so busy, and it was you have to have tunnel vision. We're just doing the warnings, the warnings, the warnings. And Val Castro was over there, about two miles from us. He said, "Gary, it's coming to the station." What'd you say, Val? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "It's coming to the station." And we had a live truck over there. And about the time he said that, they also had the live truck on the screen, and a big rear flank downdraft came around. Power flashes just lit up the entire sky. And, and, and it was happening. It was the engineer of our, our great guy, his hat's off like this, you know, with that baseball hat, the pack, his front's up like that. And he's a big guy, you, you see him run through the shot, just running, trying to get out of the way. And it was, it made great television. But then at that point, soon he said, it's coming to the station. I yelled, get everybody out of here. And then one of the engineers ran, ran right through them, yelled, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And uh, so it was, I said, get everybody out. And, Jed Castles jumped under a desk. I said, Jed, that's not gonna, that's not gonna do it. Get out of here. So uh got everybody out and then finally everybody was out and I started walking down the hall. I figured it was over with by then and walked down to where everybody was. They looked like a bunch of penguins. We had them in this little tiny room and they couldn't squat. So they're standing together. And we all would have been killed in there, I'm sure. <laughs> but it came down about a quarter of a mile of the station to our northeast. And they rated, I think, uh, 175, 200 miles an hour, whatever it was. It was oh, a wow. And you talk about noise, you couldn't hear a thing in the TV station. The whole place was vibrating, and and wow. of course the towers right there, wow. and the sound. Oh God, it was it's quite a night. So do you stop broadcasting them when it's coming at the station? Because I mean, those rooms are not tornado proof, definitely. No, they're not. Well, then you know, I had a let. I said, Val, you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> he was right there. <laughs> That's the only time we. Uh, we've uh, you know we've been knocked off the air power's gone out and yeah. stuff go around we shut down then but we never shut down until we're about to die <laughs> it's taking the roof off all right we'll be back in five right. <laughs> hey oh, la last question for you gary before yeah. uh before we move on but so just uh what may may 27th and 28th so we had two ef4 tornadoes one in dayton ohio mm -hmm. uh one in Linwood, Lawrence, Kansas area, and out of those two, I don't think we had any deaths. Did we? Did you? Do we? Have, Dina, did we have any deaths? Dayton, one. The Dayton one. One in Dayton. Yeah, one yeah. in Dayton. One in Dayton. Yeah. So two yeah. large populations, major storms. How how do you attest the fact that we only had one death out of all that? Well, if I looked at the track of the one that came west of uh, 
northwest of Kansas City. Yes. What was the town it hit? That Linwood hit Linwood, Kansas. Yeah. The track across there where the tornado was on the ground, there were hardly any houses. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some. But it, yep. if it had gone a mile or two north, it would have come across hundreds of thousands of people. It would have been a major disaster. Because uh, an F4, they've been, have been, it would have been incredible. But I just think we have better equipment nowadays, better meteorologists out there. And obviously, people are paying a little more attention. They have their little iPhones with the warnings on it. So that, that had to help. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the only thing I can credit to is yeah. if they've been F4s in high, densely populated, you know, it'd be terrible. Better meteorologist. What are you? What are you saying, Gary? <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> no. Well, hey, that uh, that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round, Gary. If you remember from uh, last show, this is our game show of flashy questions we have with our guests. Okay. We always invite uh, invite our listeners to play along. But tonight, uh, Gary, we're we're going to your home state, and we're going to play a little game. We call it high or low. High or low. So high or low. So here's what it's based upon. Uh, this is this is going to be the top 10 Oklahoma food staples. So like these are the top 10. If you're in Oklahoma, these are foods yeah. that you just can't live without or are, are known to yeah. Oklahoma. And this is from the lostogle.com. But there's a list of 10. A list of 10. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name one. And I'm going to give you where it stands in the top 10, but it's the wrong answer. So you have to tell me, does that food, is it higher or lower than the number I gave you on the list? My personal opinion will be on this. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that, who, who knows? That's, that's what, what we might have here. So uh, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with, um, let's do fried catfish. Fried catfish as an Oklahoma food staple at number two now now it's not actually sitting at number two do you think the number for fried catfish are, is higher or lower than two i think it's lower you think it's lower mm-hmm. you would be correct fried catfish yeah. is number five yeah, he was going with the odds number five on that one yep that was that was a good start all right you ready for the next one uh-huh. the theta burger the theta burger uh is number six but that's not where it really sits in the top 10 list is theta what is a theta? Do you know what a theta burger is? No, I know it's a. I don't know. Theta burger. Okay. I never this is. I, I looked this up, and apparently it has it's uh, had something to do with some obviously fraternity. It's a college oh, thing. Oh. Um, uh, oh. But it's a it's a oh, burger oh. with burger with uh, uh, shredded cheddar, barbecue, oh. and pickles. Sounds good so far. But it's it's called a Theta Burger. Sounds but right. number six, is the Theta Burger higher or lower than number six? Mm. I, think, I think it's lower. Yeah. You think it's lower? Yeah. That's correct. Theta Burger go. is number 10 on the top 10 list. So good job. All right. Let's do this one. We're going to hit free cheese sauce with the setup. Free cheese sauce with the setup, which, which apparently has something to do with uh, Tex-Mex restaurants, yeah. And cheese that you get, the dipping cheese you get with your your tortilla chips. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is apparently an Oklahoma food staple. Uh, number this one's number six, but it's not really number six. Higher or lower? Oh, it's so weird. It's probably higher. <laughs> That's your definite. Okay, oh, you were correct. <laughs> number four. I know number those Lost Ogle guys. I know how that works. Okay, number four. <laughs> free cheese sauce with the setup. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. 
Uh, calf fries. Do you know what calf fries are? Absolutely. What are they? Oh. They're good. What What are they? Well, you got to cut them out. Okay. Cut them off. No. Off, and you take them in, you fry them. Okay. So it's like it's like the yeah. Testicle, I guess you call it testicles. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. Calf testicle. Oh, calf. Calf. Oh, calf. Calf. C a l f. Okay. Cat fries. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a Nebraska thing. I think. Easy. Is that what you had in Nebraska? No. Peta on us here. We do. okay. So calf fries number eight. Uh, is it higher or lower than number eight, Gary? It's higher. It is. It's number seven. Wow. Oh, up. Oh, why not? Calf fries number seven. Okay. Here we got another one. Let's go with the. Uh, uh, onion burger. Oh, Do you know what an onion burger? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty pot. Okay. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say number three. Is it higher or lower than number three on the list? Uh, I don't know, but you can smell it for days after you have it. <laughs> 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 uh, number three. Maybe it's pretty close to three. I think. So you think it's higher or lower than three? Because it's not three. Oh, I, uh, I don't know if it's one or two. Maybe two. You think it's higher <laughs> than three? I think it, yeah, I think it's higher than three. You're yeah. correct. Wow. It actually is number one. Onion Burger wow. is number one on the Good top job. Oklahoma food staples. Uh, let's do this. Let's do, we'll do one more. Chicken fried steak. Oh, yeah. Chicken oh, yeah. fried steak. Uh, five. Is it is chicken fried steak higher it's or lower than five? Higher than five. You would be correct. That is number yeah. two. Uh, you didn't get any wrong, did you? you? All right. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Make you a fruit. Yeah, I know Oklahoma and I know the people. That so was this very, survey that was good. Survey brought to you by Lipitor or something there. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some good food. Good, uh, let, here, I'll I'll catch the other ones too. Number three was an Indian taco. Oh yeah, they're popular. What is that? What's an Indian taco? Oh, it's got it's, a, it's a, like a big tortilla. It's got beans and and the hamburger meat. And, oh God, it's really good. Wow, you need taco. Okay. Uh, number six. Number six was cornbread. Uh, number eight was ranch dressing. You guys are big fans of the ranch dressing in Oklahoma. Uh, I guess so. I didn't really know that. You didn't know that. Okay. And then number nine was fried pies. Fried pies? Oh. That's like a southern thing. That's, made with, that's made with cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> fried hey, cat pies. Fair, they have fried cooks. Oh, God. oh man, Gary. Well, hey, thanks for playing along. Tell, tell our listeners, uh, tell our listeners how they can find you on social media and track yeah, what's going on in Oklahoma City. Because uh, my on, on on Twitter, it's Gary E G A R Y E at Cox dot net. And uh, on, that's your email. No, that's my name. That's on, on Twitter. That's how you find me. Twitter, Gary E. Gary e. Just it's at actually it's at Gary E dot. Cox.net. Okay. Gotcha. So that's where you find me there on Facebook. It's just Gary England or Gary A. England or Gary Twister England. I think I have three of them. Wow. Well, I did that because they one's not you, enough, huh? Well, they only let you have 5,000 people on one. Oh. Ah. One. So, and then people get mad. Okay. People get mad about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't add anybody. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sorry. Take, your, take your bitching somewhere else. I was gonna say, Gary, you wouldn't let me on, buddy. <laughs> All right. I said, the title. Take your bitching somewhere else. <laughs> take your bitching somewhere else. All right. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take our final break with our tornado talk segment. 
Okay. Uh, they're going to cover the story of the 1953 Worcester F4 tornado. And uh, we'll be right back with our weather fools. So uh, we'll see you right around the corner. Severe storms began on June 7, 1953, over the Central Plains and then spread into Michigan and Ohio on June 8th. A powerful F5 tornado hit on the 8th in the Flint, Michigan area. On episode 74 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, I told that twister tale. Just one day later, June 9th, 1953, the deadliest and most destructive tornado to ever hit the New England area occurred, the Worcester, Massachusetts F4. For Thomas Grizzoulis, insignificant tornadoes, it developed near the northeast shore of the Quabbin Reservoir. It moved to the southeast through Barrie and then headed through the Rutland area. It crossed through Holden and then into the northern parts of Worcester. From there, the tornado headed east through Shrewsbury and then southeast toward Westboro. Per Grizzoulis, the tornado moved to the northeast during the last few miles of the path. It ended near Southboro and Framingham. In a slideshow about the Flint and Worcester tornadoes created by the National Weather Service, I found some interesting history about the decisions that were made by the Weather Bureau Office in Boston on this day. The office knew about the history of this system and saw the potential for severe weather and tornadoes for their area. The staff met at 10 a.m. Eastern Time to discuss whether or not to mention the word tornado in their next forecast issuance. They decided against it, so not to be quote-unquote unnecessarily alarming. Instead, the crew issued the first ever severe thunderstorm forecast warning in New England at 11.30. It read, quote, windy, partly cloudy, hot and humid with thunderstorms, some locally severe, developing this afternoon. At approximately 3.45 p.m., there were reports of, quote, rotating wind damage and three-inch hail in parts of Franklin County, Massachusetts. The Worcester tornado developed at 4.25 p.m. For the National Weather Service presentation, the first ever tornado warning in New England was issued on this day. A phone call was received after 5 p.m. from Blue Hill Observatory in Milton to the Weather Bureau office. Observer John Conover relayed this message about falling debris, quote, it's coming from great heights, shingles, small branches, paper, boards several feet long. I'm afraid there's been a bad tornado somewhere. The Weather Bureau office sent a warning via teletype at 5.45 p.m. There are some discrepancies in the record on the path length of this tornado. The Storm Prediction Center has a length of 34.9 miles. The Climatological Data National Summary shows a length up to 46 miles, and this is accepted as the correct path length by Thomas Grizzoulis. The Climatological Data National Summary shows a death toll of 90, and that was the long accepted death toll for many years. In 1993, though, John M. O'Toole released the book 84 Minutes, 94 Lives. It is an eyewitness account of the Worcester tornado, and he documents that 94 people lost their lives during this horrific event. The official Storm Prediction Center database reflects that new total. Over 1,300 were injured, 4,000 buildings were damaged or destroyed. Debris from this tornado was found in the Boston area and on Cape Cod over 100 miles away. The National Weather Service presentation denotes that a frozen mattress was found in Massachusetts Bay, and books and clothing ended up at Blue Hill on Outer Cape Cod. Per Thomas Grizzoulis, insignificant tornadoes, an F5 rating could have been given to this event. Quote, many of the houses that were nearly leveled were two- or three-story tenement buildings built with dozens of interior walls, which would add considerable structural strength. To learn more about this event and many more, check out our website at TornadoTalk.com. We are on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
Hey, this is meteorologist Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel. I am a weather geek, and I am listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You should, too. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the sun. Hi, welcome back. Time now for Weather Fool, and there is just a whole boatload of them going on this week so we're going to start things off with dina before we get to the war and peace version with phil okay <laughs> all right so this one uh is on twitter and it was from justin it's at jk124k um i it, he doesn't really say where this is but it it gets the national weather service in cleveland mainly it's again people driving through flooded roads wow. and and, you know, I've done a lot of these in the past where people drive through floods. But, I mean, come on. This Stop is, it. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of this out around Kansas and Kansas City along the, what is that, the Missouri River that mm -hmm. runs through there. There was tons of flooding just like this where it was, it was not the interstate, but it was the lower country mm -hmm. roads down beneath. And a lot of them were closed. But this is what you, this is what you saw. I just didn't see actually cars and semi-trucks barreling through it like this this is this that is looks so like an interstate stupid. yeah that did look like an interstate which um, could be yeah it could have been which is why stupid people were being even more stupid oh, i gotta yeah. get there i don't know how to get around it i'm just gonna go i just saw interstate 29 in like iowa nebraska area along the missouri river shut down indefinitely that's yeah. how bad the flooding is yeah, it's just so like bad. just closed until further notice like but wow that, that's the one thing like that's so preventable Turn around, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> is know? that the slogan? Is that how it goes now? Turn around, dummy. Yeah. That should be turn, around, no more. turn around, dummy. <laughs> no more nice guy. But yeah. I mean, it's not like you got caught in a tornado. It's not like you got anything. It's like, or you slipped on ice. This is, you went through it. You're not driving a boat. I don't preach get it. it. Here, preach it. All right. Preach it, baby. <laughs> All right, Phil, you don't have one or two. Or how many do you have? Well, I, I started with five, but the one that Dina <laughs> oh, just showed was one of them. Oh, oh yeah, we're down uh, to four. Okay. So, so we're you down to four. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be quick. The, the first one is actually one that I personally saw. So I so out chasing uh, this past weekend, and I was on that uh, EF4 tornado that, that hit. Um, it was right by Lawrence, Kansas, and, and Linwood, hit Linwood. Well, it also uh, went right over or, or right by Bonner Springs, Kansas. So I'm showing you right now the um, velocity radar uh, at the point that it was going by Bonner Springs. And I'm going to use my mouse here uh, to kind of show you there's a blue line. This is interstate, I think this was I-70 oh. that goes to Kansas City. And I was right there on the exit of I-70 and... I don't know, is that seven, like Highway 7 or something like that? I was right there because I thought, well, hey, I can then jump right on I-70 and kind of go east, a little northeast to get what ahead of it, right? Oh, no, 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 no. No, so listen to this. I was fine, and and it was starting to come, and, and there were more and more uh, law enforcement. Now, I don't know if they were state patrol, if they were police, if they were sheriff. I didn't take the time to look to see where they were all coming from. But all of a sudden, when I'm like, okay, this thing's starting to get close, I'm going to jump on I'm, and I'm going to head east. That's when all these law enforcement officers started freaking out. And I'm sure there was someone on the radio saying, okay, you got you to gotta block I-70 or you got to whatever. So 
they blocked East I seventy. They blocked the exit. They were all of a sudden when I start, I pulled right up, and that's when they started doing it. Was right when I got there, and they were going. They were freaking out and going, go south, go south to Bonner Springs. Oh, jeez. And they were sending oh. everybody right to Bonner Springs. And I'm, I'm going, yeah, guys, yeah. that's where the circulation is. Do not send people south. You got, you know, let's go east, go east. No, go, 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 go. And they were just screaming because they were freaking out. And, and I mean, I get it. It was a high stressful situation. It was, it was coming. Uh, it was getting close. But oh my God, what a bad decision! And and so I had nothing to do, so I actually turned to head south to Bonner Springs. It started just pouring. It was a torrential downpour; just happened immediately. And I stopped because I'm like, I can't go if I go south. I, there's really nowhere to go east from there, and I'm not going to go into the circulation now in a torrential downpour. Mm. I ended up turning around, and I ended up on I-70. I I cross some medians and things like that but um so i got on but anyway weather fool first off was whatever oklahoma law enforcement that was well maybe right. they had maybe they had some bad intel or something oh yeah well you they know, had they to have i mean they someone, had to have because they, they know, i'm sure that. someone was just saying hey send them south send them south i i think i heard him say to one of the other officers while i was sitting there trying to tell him no that they thought it was going right over like following i-70 so they didn't want to send people on i-70 mm. but that's not really where it was but mm. anyway all right then uh, another weather fool so this is in st louis um st louis hockey fans didn't let a tornado warning stop them uh it says while the tornado warning was luckily lifted after the puck drop in game six of the western conference finals some st louis fans were irked to be interrupted by an alert on their phones and televisions uh, and this was this was a tornado that was heading right to St. Louis, and there was a, a playoff game, and people were getting all pissed off that there's that, that, that there's this tornado warning coming, and I don't know if they delayed the game a little bit or not, but I mean people were pissed off. And it's like don't dude, mess with my hockey. Yeah, I guess just have the Dayton weather guy tell him off. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, we'll, we'll have him do that. I'm sick. Of All right, you. next next weather fool. Uh, this is at Paul Knightley. Now Paul's not our weather fool here. Um, and he's not related to me. No, and he's not. Yeah, he's oh, not related to Dina. <laughs> uh, he's a chaser, and he actually had some uh, footage. I can't remember if it was tornado footage or, or flood footage or something, but I remember seeing this on, on Twitter. And apparently uh, Good Morning America used his video off of his Twitter feed, used it without his permission. Oh, and he saw it and he caught it and he called him out on Twitter and tagged him and said, Hey, and tagged Ginger Z on it. And Ginger Z did respond. And she said, Hey, I'll check with my producers and blah, blah, blah. And what happened later was they came to some amicable monetary agreement. I'm sure. Cause he <laughs> did come back and say, okay, everything's good. And it better you know. be good. Right. Well, good for Ginger. So for here's here's that. a big. Well, yeah, good for her because she obviously didn't know. But here's a major, right. you know, ABC news yeah. that's just grabbing people's footage right off of Twitter without uh, hmm. without permission. And then uh, the last one I got for you. Uh, this is uh, Tom, at Tom Radar TV on Twitter. Uh, I don't think this was his footage. But it said, wild, intense video shared to me by a man in the Valley Ponds development as he sees a tornado approach his home. 
And so he's in between two subdivision homes. He's like in a oh. small little oh, geez, that's space. Oh and literally, here's a tornado. Not overly strong, but it took a tree down. It's got debris flying all over the place. He finally goes inside. He was, he was taping this outside on his phone. He goes inside. He's like screaming, oh, my God. And I think he ends up looking outside. He eventually goes to the window, and he sees debris and everything it goes to his window this tornado is still happening and there's debris there's there's part of the roof is gone uh and he's by a window oh. at the same time so just yeah. you know guys th there kind of comes a point in time where it's you got to stop being stupid it's I like guess. a million little bullets coming at you with that window yeah don't be dumb no doubt. yeah so anyway was it don't those... be dumb turn around what was that you know hey button? i was we i was wearing my helicity <laughs> helicity.co uh are you serious uh weather fool shirt when i was chasing that uh f4 on t on uh, tuesday all right yeah. you didn't get my joke what what'd you are say are you serious are you serious uh, uh, i got that shirt you got that shirt too I do. Yeah, that's good is it the my radar is that the one no no, oh. that's a that's an that's another Helicity gotcha. Helicity shirt. Gotcha. Which, by the way, guys, is a little little plug. Uh, go to Helicity.co. They got some great weather gear, uh, mm -hmm. including uh, uh, exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks stuff. And if you use the code SFF at checkout, you're going to get an automatic 10% discount on your entire order. So sweet. Yeah, I'll throw that in there as well. Well, Very that good. worked out well with that timing, now didn't it? Yes, yeah. it did. Thank, thanks for that plug. <laughs> all right, all right, Maz, close us out. Oh, I totally forgot. Thank you. Yes. Hey, so in case you want to check out any of that video, you can check us out, stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 80, show notes, or on your podcast app. Wonderful. Okay, hey, it's time for our Freak Fan Box. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right, MJ, what's, uh, right. what do we got in our mailbag? Let's reach in the box and see what we've got. Uh, Christopher Bjork Bjorkwall uh, at Storm Chasing USA. That's easier to say. Uh, says, how about this beer as a drink for your next podcast? It's called Twisted Twin by High Nose Brew, a microbrewery in Sweden. And he sent a pic, and we'll put this in the show notes. Um, and uh, it's a cool-looking can with uh, sporting some twin twisters. So uh, What's it called, Twin? It's called... Twisted Twin. Twisted oh, twin. I have twins. I got to have it. I may have to go to Brew. Jungle Gyms, see if you can find They got like 4,000 beers there. All right. And uh, Lunalite, Christine from Germany, our, our, one of our favorite fans, um, sent us something we were talking about uh, on the 5-16, May 16th show, um, severe weather education sites. Uh, and she sent a link to one from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's a uh, uh, it's a severe weather probability modeling site with a with a, a whole lot of uh, information and uh, it, it's really neat. There's no way I can describe it without getting, as Phil says, really sciency. And it's <laughs> things I don't understand anyway because I'm not a meteorologist. But I think a lot of people who do uh, chasing and who are meteorologists would uh, like it a lot, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. It's uh, uh, C-I-M-S-S-dot-S-S-E-C-dot-W-I-S-C-dot-E-D-U. So we'll put okay. it in the show notes. What was that middle middle letter? <laughs> <laughs> I missed Thanks, it. Thanks, Luna Light. Yes, that's, uh, that was awesome. Uh, 
very nice. So uh, that's what we got. Uh, you want to uh, converse with us, you want to send us some things, uh, check into facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks or on Twitter, we're at stormfrontfreak or if you want to do the email, questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, we're happy to uh, uh, talk about what you have to say good job Very good. good job send me a postcard drop me a line you've got mail baby you like that yeah. Dina? you didn't hear that last time did no you? i didn't all right so that about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks podcast thanks for listening or watching uh before i reveal our next guest if you enjoy the show do us a favor uh, leave us a great review on your podcast app uh we'll also share that uh in our freak fan box next time and don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. Uh, works just like a magazine or a newspaper app subscription app. Uh, it assures the latest show gets delivered right to your inbox uh, the minute that it gets released. I, I'm going to make it through tonight. I will, I promise. Uh, I do want to say a special thanks to our uh, guest tonight and, and friend Gary England. Yeah. Uh, Woo! Woo! All right. Uh, he's fun. Good time. So, and our next episode in two weeks. We'll be recording on June 13th as part of our Coast to Coast with your favorite TV meteorologist series. We're going to have Eddie Shuron from NTV News in New Finland, Canada. Cool. Uh, he's going to be with us. You get Canadian, eh? We're going to get right. some more, uh, yeah. more Canadians on the show. You betcha. Uh, and if, if you'd like to watch the recording live, it's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Just go to our YouTube channel and search Stormfront Freaks. So for are they, MJ. Are they the, wait, are they in the same time zone? Newfoundland? New Finland? Yeah. Are yes. they in the Eastern time zone? Yeah, yeah they are. Okay. Right. Pretty sure. Okay. I could they're be wrong. in the Newfoundland time zone, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Uh, so for MJ, Maz, and Dina, uh, yes, I'm signaling the all clear. And we're going to catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Finally, get out of this bad boy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.